Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leadership Now with me, Dan Pontefract. Today in the house, DB Bedford. DB is the CEO and founder of I Never Worry Consulting, a company that specializes in emotional intelligence. We're going to get all into that today with DB. He trains staff and leadership how to effectively manage their behavior and make better personal decisions to achieve positive results. He's the author of three books. We're going to get into one of them today, I Never Worry, 30 Days to Emotional Wellness, and Black Intelligence. He's renowned for his work on emotional intelligence, and really, I just can't wait to get into it with you today. One of the things that separates DB from his contemporaries is his empirical knowledge gained by growing up on the rough streets of Oakland, California, US of A, which is a community that is regularly listed as one of the most violent cities in America. As a result of this turbulent upbringing, DB ultimately learned how to use emotional intelligence to survive and navigate extremely complex social situations. It's this authenticity of his background that makes him uniquely qualified to administer this extremely multifaceted and, dare I say, extremely important work. DB, so good to see you again, my friend. First of all, uh, welcome to the show. But I want to level set with you. How does DB define emotional intelligence, number one, and then the backup to that question will be, well, how do you know people are demonstrating it from a leadership perspective? <laughs> so definition first, my friend. All right, thank you. I appreciate that, Dan. Thanks for having me this morning. So listen, my definition of emotional intelligence is having the ability to not let your emotions overpower your intelligence, right? Because that's what we tend to see. Very smart people, you know, very, in, you know, intelligent people. But when they get in their feelings about something, they tend to say the wrong thing, react in a certain way or engage in a certain way. So my simple definition is observing those who allow their emotions to overpower their intellect. Wow. Well, you know what? I, so my therapist says that I'm too cerebral. So I'm thinking that maybe I should, uh, you know, use less cerebralness, not a word, uh, <laughs> and become more in tune with my own emotional intelligence. So when do you know that leaders are demonstrating it? Like, what are kind of the key facets? We'll, we'll get into that second question then. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So we know when they are not practicing because they have strained relationships with the people that they're leading. One of the core elements of emotional intelligence is relationship management. And so you have to, you, you, when you are practicing emotional intelligence and operating within the framework or the code, if you will, then you're very intentional about managing and developing the relationships around you. Those who have a blind spot to that is missing a key element when it comes to practicing emotional intelligence. Okay, so I want to dive into uh, one of your books, 30 Days to Emotional Wellness. And, yes, you know, it's it's such a practical and pragmatic book. It's got takeaways. It's got activities for you to do. It's got reflection points. One of the, um, well, three, I would say, of kind of the, the tips slash days that you refer to are kind of all under the, the auspice of emotional biases, baggage, and grudges. So I know I'm lumping three in there together, but I'd like to sort of sit down with you, if you will, and, and kind of chat about those and unpack them. Like, what are they, these biases, these baggages, and these grudges when it comes to EQ? And how? what kind of harm does it cause if we're not in tune with them? 
excellent questions. Let's start with the biases, right? Yeah. So the biases for me is what I what I think trips people up relatively quickly because in my in my navigating in this space and living in my life experience, I noticed that whenever someone usually is bothered by someone else, it is typically because they're looking at them and they're like, why, like, why would you say that, right? Or why are you doing it like that? And what you are actually saying is that's not how I would do it. That's, that's not how I would say it. So what you are doing is, is you're projecting out, right? Projection bias. You are, you are basically sending out saying, no, 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 no. Don't say it like that. No, no, no. You shouldn't have done it like that. You should have did it this way. And so people project out the bias. And then when the person doesn't respond to it, because your bias is based, is rooted in your beliefs. So it bucks up against what you believe. So you start to have this inner conflict that spills outward. And a lot of times people don't even know where it's coming from. It's because you're projecting your, your energy out in the first place mm-hmm. instead of allowing people to be who they are. Then the confirmation bias is when I go tell somebody else, right? I go talk to my cousin, my brother, my wife, someone who is on my side, right? And tell them about my experience with Dan, or something he said or did I didn't like. I go to them and they like, oh, he did what? Right? And then they confirm my bias, which is confirmation bias. And now because they confirmed how I felt, I must be right which means I miss an opportunity to learn from your perspective to really get to a solution because my folks then confirm that you the one tripping, not me, confirmation bias. Then status quo bias is people who don't like change. Mm. So whenever change happens, right, you're like, it, that's not how we do it. We, we've always done it this way, right? So you get locked into that space. So you just want things to be status quo and so if if people have any reason for changing it you're fighting against it because you believe it should stay the same and so those emotional biases can show up in different aspects of our lives and if you're not careful then you start behaving right in a manner right that because you had you're in your feelings behind it uh you you could be less positive less you know less into building relationships, lack clarity. There's a lot of things that can come from uh, being bothered by things, which could probably parlay into the grudges, right? You know, emotional grudges, strong feeling about something somebody did or said that you don't agree with. And you are not you don't have you haven't you're not practicing emotional intelligence because those of us that practice this we understand that you can feel you the other person can have your feeling about whatever and it has nothing to do with me and if i run across you in life and catch some of your negative energy it's still not personal it doesn't have anything to do with me i just happen to be in the way of what you're projecting out And I know that because I don't get up every day intentionally trying to cause harm to anybody, do anybody wrong. I'm practicing being positive on purpose. So if I catch some negativity, I know it is not because of me. I'm just in the way of it. So I don't, I know from an EI standpoint, not to hold a grudge. And a wise man once said that holding a grudge or resentment towards someone is like taking poison yourself and expecting the other person to die. And when I heard that, I was like, like I'm never holding grudges because all that means is while I'm over here tripping, 
you going off, you know, minding your business, you're probably going to go piss some more people off because that's what you do, whoever you are. And I'm over here tripping and holding on to it. You're not even thinking about me anymore or a situation has happened and it's done, it's over with and it's still holding space. So that could be a little uh, dangerous, if you will, in terms of your own uh, uh, mental health, right? You know, your own um, healing of sorts. And what was the other one? We said, oh, baggage, was it baggage? Mm, yeah. Right. And so emotional baggage is carrying, right? So you have not been able to process these feelings, right? So people are saying and doing things you don't agree with. So you're bucking up against it. You're projecting out, right? You're talking to other people and getting confirmation. You don't like the way things are going. You want things not to change, but they're changing. You are holding grudges about that and then carrying it. That's where the baggage comes from, the analogy. Because it's like, if you take a bag today and you put something in it every day when you leave the house, eventually the bag that was once light that you could just throw over your shoulder and toss in the car becomes something that you, you know, you need both hands and it's harder to zip. And now you're not just flinging it in the car. You like, right. And yeah. so you, you're not flowing like you was when the bag was just a light backpack. And so as you take on these issues and you let them weigh in on you they become heavy that's how people i think end up being depressed or mm. angry right or unmotivated because they feel like life is just kind of beating them up and it's really because you have not adopted this important conversation we have about emotional intelligence and putting some value on your emotional wellness well you uh i mean you're Oakland has lost, you know, both the Golden State Warriors and the Raiders still got the A's, but you you kind of bring up this almost athlete metaphor with something called emotional fitness. And so back to the baggage and carrying things and the unzipping, it would seem to me and Don on some of your work and research and your writing, uh, DB, that, you know, there's an intentionality that we need to acquire and almost like muscles, like work on and develop when it comes to our emotional wellness. So Tell us a bit and unpack perhaps that notion of emotional fitness and what it is we can do to relieve that baggage and those grudges that we may build up. Thanks for that. And so with emotional fitness, right, you know, the law of intentionality, right, um, would suggest that your growth does not just happen, right? You need to be intentional about it. So I'll put a spin on it and say your emotional growth definitely doesn't just happen, right? A lot of people will lack emotional maturity from not intentionally practicing emotional intelligence. And so what do I mean about being intentional? So for me, when I wake up every day, and this is routine, before I contact another human for any reason, via text, email, social media, whatever, my wife, my kid, before I contact anyone, I'm going to tap in with my own level of self-awareness. What is my self-awareness? My mood, my attitude, and the energy, the vibe that I'm carrying, right? I need to make sure that I can be responsible with my energy before I start connecting with folks, right? That's being intentional. That's me knowing if I'm, and if because most days I'm feeling great. If I'm feeling great, keep going, right? Because I look forward to being a beacon of light. 
right? My my goal is when I get up every day, I'm looking forward to interacting people. I'm looking forward to making conversations better. I'm looking forward to making people feel good because we connected in the moment. On the days I'm not feeling so good, you won't know it because I'm not going to be in contact with anyone until I get myself to a space, but I'm not going to stay there long because I'm going to start processing. Why am I feeling this way? What happened? What am I holding on to? They say stress from an EI standpoint is usually activated when your expectations don't match reality. So if I'm feeling stressed, if I'm feeling frustrated, if I'm feeling disappointed, I'm asking myself, what am I expecting to happen, right? What did I expect to happen and what is actually happening? And not that I agree with it, like it, or even want it to be happening, but I understand. And the more I understand what's happening, the easier it gets to process things because I don't take it personal because taking things personal is the fastest way to hold grudges. So the intentionality is when you wake up before you interact with anybody for any reason, you do, you know, you do a self-check and you check your, your mood, your attitude and your energy. That's something you think that can be applied pretty much like throughout the day. Like, are you basically suggesting a part of EQ DB is to pause before play? <laughs> uh, yeah. One of my suggestions is you do what I like to call a purposeful pause, right? Oh. And that, yeah. It's called, we call it a purposeful pause. And it just means to put some space in between your responses and the goal with that is, is and really more when you feel emotionally charged about something, because right. the the goal, the objective is to allow logic to catch up with you, because we understand that when emotions are high, logic tends to be low. The higher the emotions in any situation, the less logical someone's going to be. And if you don't believe me, just test it, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Or, or think about yourself. So I understand, right, that I always want to give logic time to catch up. So if something rubs me the wrong way, right, if I'm not feeling good about a conversation, I'm aware that I'm in my feelings. So I'm going to be mindful of the timing in which I respond. Now, why would anybody want to do this? Well, when you practice emotional intelligence or you like to call yourself an AI ambassador, like I like to call myself, I like to be a representation of this skill set. My goal is to have the best day ever, right? Uh, my goal is to have like today is going to be a great day because I'm going to be responsible for making it that. So when difficult situations come my way, the guy honks at me vigorously because I'm a microsecond, you know, too late to start, or I'm in the grocery store and this person is, you know, cuts in front of me because they open another line and they think they're going to beat me to the, you know, your parking stall gets whatever these little micro moments yeah. in life that'll make you be like, really? I am, I, I like to choose purpose over pettiness, right? I live in purpose, you know, and um, if anything is coming to disrupt my peace, I'm being mindful of it. Now, this doesn't mean I live a warm and fuzzy lifestyle. Let oh, me yeah. get that clear, right? I, I, there are times I got to check somebody. There are times that I have to be stern and firm, but I'm going to be responsible with my words. And I'm going to make sure that, because I want my message to be clear. A lot of times people don't understand. When there's something I really want you to hear, the worst thing I could do is be emotional about it because that's all you're going to tap into. Right. And that's why I need to be the calmest and the clearest if I really want you to hear or 
feel what I need to say to you. So when I have to address those difficult conversations, I, I make sure I pick the right time. If it's happening in a moment, I'm going to come down while they are up or whatever. And I'm going to wait for the right moment with my purposeful pause to lace you with whatever it is that I know that you need to know in that moment. And the last part of it is, and then I'm done with it. Mm. Right. So I don't need closure. I don't need if you if you are mature enough to continue the conversation, that's fine. But a lot of people get hung up trying to get closure, trying to get you to a space that you're not ready. And I don't, I don't actually necessarily need that. I just need to clear my palate. Right. Because I want positive energy around me and in me at all times to the best of my my ability. I love it. OK, um, going to segue slightly. I'm going to provide a couple uh, stats and quotes for you. And I want to get your reaction. I'll say them both and then we'll have a chat about it. The first comes from the Center for uh, Creative Leadership, or CCL. So they write, through a, through a research they did, 75% of careers are derailed, DB, for reasons related to emotional competencies, including the inability to handle interpersonal problems, unsatisfactory team leadership during times of difficulty or conflict, or the inability to adapt to change or elicit trust. So that's one, 75%. Number two is from, obviously, perhaps the captain of all things EQ, Daniel Goleman, and research that Daniel Goleman did. So in a study he did uh, it, that distinguishes star performers in every field from entry-level jobs to executive positions, the single most important factor was not IQ, advanced degrees, or technical expertise. It was, of course, EQ. Of the competencies required that delivered excellent performance in these roles from any level, 67% were emotional competencies. So it's kind of this dichotomy, right? You've got three quarters of the problem is like not being EQ, yet two thirds of success is related to EQ. So help me unpack this DB. Like, why is this <laughs> happening? Yeah. So, I mean, I would come, I would kind of simplify it and saying those that in the first category that are struggling at 75%, it's probably because you lack clarity, right? When if you don't have clarity in your life, everything's foggy, right? So anything throws you off course. So if you're stepping into environments and you're not clear about who you are and what you want and how you're supposed to show up, I see why you easily get discouraged and you're like, forget it, I'm out of here, right? Right, or right. I'm gonna, so that's first thing when I'm listening to you, that what comes to mind. When on the second part, um, and we can continue to dive deeper. I'm just give you my first thoughts. Yeah. Um, and on the second one, you know, I think that those that progress, that centered themselves in this space, is because you develop great relationships, right? Like, you 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 good with everybody. People look forward to you showing up because you got the vibe, you got the energy I talked about, and that will take you much farther, right, than the in the, the smartest thing you know, right, the being being a, a student of policy or whatever it is, just making people feeling good about being in your presence goes a long way. So what does that mean? It means when decision makers are looking to move people up, give you that special assignment, right, bring you in closer, they all the meeting after the meeting is always about the person they work and work the best with, right? <laughs> they want to know, like I, you know, I, I, cause I, I, I mean, I did it. I was, I was on executive boards. I was executive manager. Everybody shows up, interview well. That's fine. But the real question is, who do we want to be around? 
right? Who who is the best fit? Meaning, who do we feel the best about, right? And so I think those who practice emotional intelligence have a secret, right, uh, element that will move them up. And even the person making a decision might not even really know what it is. They just know it's something about this person that they want to keep them closer to them. And it's the energy that emotes from you. And that right there, my friend, is why I think those who practice emotional intelligence get farther faster. We must be cut from the same cloth because in some of my uh, talks, executive coaching, you know, workshops, what have you, I have this line I use, DB, and it's it's an existential line, I suppose, but it's related to kind of what you're getting at, and it's as follows. How do you want to be known when you leave the room? Which is kind of paying homage to your point. It's basically saying, look, you came in this room. Uh, people are going to talk about you afterwards, right? So what type of what type of EQ skills are you bringing to the game in the moment? So when people are talking about you after you've left the room, how do you want to be known? Is that fair? Yeah, fair, fair enough. You want people to feel good about you coming, right? Not going. You know what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. You want them to be excited when Dan shows up. They like, Dan, what's up, my man? Right? And, <laughs> and, you know, you want the you want that greeting. You don't want the stale energy. You don't want the, you know, people know about energy. They don't talk about it enough, but it, people know about energy is everything, right? Uh, you know, energy is how we got here. You know what I'm saying? Like we're yeah. at the table, we're chopping it up. You feel my energy. You come to talk to me. I feel your energy, right? We we could have been a passing moment. Yeah. It could have been like, oh, we'll see. Uh, let's uh, I'll give you a call, later. right? But it was it was the vibe, yeah. right, on both parts that made the agreement seamless, right, to come on and have a conversation. That's how powerful it is. And so back to the, in the beginning, in the opening, you talked about an intention. You can be intentional with your energy. You can be intentional about the relationships you want to develop. You can intentionally be a beacon of light if you choose to. Oh, gosh, I love this. Okay, I got a couple more questions if you still have time. So you you also, in the book, um, 30 Days to Emotional Wellness, you have uh, devoted some time um, to ensuring that it's 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 not a faucet that's always on, i.e. what I'm getting at is you talk about emotional balance and boundaries so that um, people are aware that there is a limit and you do have to almost like refurbish your own um, abilities so that you're not always on. And I wanted to bring this up because some people think that, you know, you've got to be EQ 24 hours a day, but you're talking a little bit about some of that introverted uh, resuscitation exercises, right, to balance and create space and boundaries. So tell us a bit about why that's important uh, if you're an EQ leader. Yeah, most definitely. Well, you, you always have to take time to recharge, right? And, you know, our phones, our computer, everything got to be plugged <laughs> in, right, to recharge. <laughs> we're no different, right? We we have to recharge. And for, for humans, I think the recharging is cutting out all the background noise for moments at a time. And that just means being still. You know, we've heard, we've heard a lot of talk recently, this doing versus being, right? Yeah. We get up every day and we're just doing, 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 and very few people are being. And so uh, if you don't have the skill to be while you're doing, then you want to carve out that time. I, I like to call it going dark, right? Go dark for 15 minutes at a time. And that just means don't be, available 
yeah. right? Like either molecules and the things find time to just settle, right? So that when you show back up, you are operating, right? At the one of the best version of yourself. Um, the balance and the boundaries, you know, is me making sure people understand that just because somebody throw you the ball, don't mean you got to catch it, right? I was on a call right before we got on this call and I, I come into the group, it was a group call. And one of the first things someone asked me is what do you think about the Kanye West situation, right? I said, I don't. I, I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with me. I, I get it. It's not, you know, it's not my, it's not my, it's not my, I don't have anything to do with it. And people don't sometimes don't even know how to respond to that. But I'm free while he's occupying your space and he don't even know you, don't even know nothing about, he don't know you. I'm busy doing what I'm supposed to be doing, right? In life. And so throw me the ball, but don't mean I got to catch it, right? Uh. You know, I also talk about, I, you don't have to set yourself on fire to keep other people warm. So the other thing is like, I'm not doing anything that makes me uncomfortable, but then makes you comfortable, right? I'm not doing that. So if you invite me somewhere and I don't want to go, I'm going to respectfully decline in that moment and not say, oh, let me see, what date is it? you know, and, 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 and ponder around. And then now I'm draining myself all the way up to the day, trying to figure out how to get up out of it. Right. Or yeah. you ask me for something I don't want to do. I don't want to give you, I'm just not doing it. And that is also a way of protecting your peace, right. At all times and at all costs. And all of this helps you be in a space to practice emotional intelligence as needed. And what is it in the simplest form? We want to get really good at processing life as it comes at us, right? Especially those things that make us feel, you know, a certain kind of way, the things we don't like, the things we don't agree with. And so when you incorporate the things that you are picking, pointing out in the wellness book, they are just support, supporting, it's like the supporting cast, right? Of the ultimate goal to have the best day ever. And that's just, now, if that ain't your goal, then this ain't for you. But what if you, your yeah, goal, what you, what right? You, what are you doing here if you're not wanting to have a good day, yeah, right? I mean, Come you know on. what I'm saying? If you ain't trying to have the best day, I'm not, we we not for you. <laughs> not part of our not part of our group, are they? Okay. Uh, la no, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't invade my space. I'm not letting you in, basically, right? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Well, bro. okay. So my last question is what I think all of this means is that you're recommending sort of this balance between self-awareness and social awareness. So you have to be aware of yourself and your own EQ, but you also have to be aware of others and have that social acuity. Is that a fair way to represent how you see EQ? Absolutely. Absolutely. You you definitely need to stay tapped into yourself. Don't run from yourself because wherever you are, there you are, right? Um, spend more time looking in the mirror than you do looking out the window, right? Stop paying attention to what everybody else is doing. Spend that time with yourself. Yeah. And be clear on who you are, what your purpose is in this life. When you, when every day you bless with that breath, right? Of fresh air, when you show up, like, and to your point, not only how, when you leave the room, when you leave this life, what is your legacy behind? I know for me, a hundred years from now, I want them to know I was here. I want somebody to pick up one of my books, watch one of my videos and be having a moment. And because I'm speaking about this subject matter, 
they got some insight that, that helped them in that moment. So that's my driving force. Everybody has a gift. Some haven't taken time to unwrap it yet, but you start with self. And the more you work on yourself, when you show up on the social side, it's a cakewalk. This has been extraordinary. I really appreciate the time today, DB. So where can we find out more about DB Bedford? Go for it. I appreciate it. So easy find. My company is called I Never Worry, right? So lowercase I, the word never worry. So I could be located at ineverworry.com. And I never worry on all social media's um, platforms. And that's that's probably the fastest way to catch up with me. Fantastic. Well, I, I've learned a lot. The 30 Days to Emotional Wellness is just a great book. I know you got two others. I'm going to have to dive into those as well, my friend. Let's do this again in 2023, because I think uh, you've just got such wise nuggets of wisdom and knowledge and insights that uh, I'm sure uh, people listening in or watching uh, today uh, will want more from D.B. Bedford. So. Again, thank you, everyone. This is Leadership Now with me, Dan Pontefract, today with D.B. Bedford. He is an EQ expert, and I love him. So we'll hear from him next time around on Leadership Now. Thanks, D.B. I appreciate it. Thank you.